For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Good day once again, everybody. Thanks for hopping on board with the latest edition of Gun on One. It is brought to you by Patterson Square Garden. I'm Derek Gunn. Well, the anticipation is finally over. We have been talking about it and waiting for weeks to find out exactly what the Eagles would do with two picks in the first round of the 2022 NFL Draft. And I tell you what, once again, how he shocks us all. And of course, uh, I had to bring in somebody who knows the Eagles organization well, who knows Howie Roseman and what he thinks well, and somebody who's played the game at the highest level for over a dozen years, my colleague, my friend, nemesis, you know, antagonist, <laughs> Baron Brooks. What's up, homie? I'm always on the show, man, when it comes to my stepbrother. You know what I mean? I treat you, I treat you like a stepbrother, bro. <laughs> yeah, you always try to step on me. That's the problem. <laughs> well, B. Brooks, we go back to what happened on Thursday night, and, you know, you and I have done a number of shows together. We do a show called Sports Take Together. Uh, and we talked about you, you just knew how his wheels were spinning and he had to do something. He couldn't just sit still. How shocked were you that he was able to pull off getting Jordan Davis, moving up a couple of spots to get the likes of a Jordan Davis? I, I knew they had to move up, you know, just because the talent level of this draft was was highly concentrated, probably in the first 10 picks. And you talk about a Jordan Davis, he, he He's a guy that, you know, brings a, a special talent to the draft. You know, there's nobody that I've seen. I've, I've tried to think of a player that I played against or I've seen on TV with that size, six foot six, uh, 341 pounds, running a yeah. 4740. 4740. That's ridiculous, man. You never find that's faster than most tight ends. That's faster than a lot of, 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 of linebackers. But we're talking about a guy that you I mean that that's unheard of talent that you have at that position. You're talking about intangibles. Those are intangibles that you really can't um you 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 can't put them really into terms of what a, a player I've seen like that. I try to look at it, I said, all right, you take Cortez Kennedy, you take Michael Dean Perry, uh, you take a little bit of uh Albert Hainsworth, and Ooh. you put it all together and you mix it up, you mix it up. And then you stretch it out three more inches, and then you add about <laughs> 20 more pounds to it. That's what you get in this guy, Jordan Davis, man. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, where do you find a guy like this? So Eagles were able to go out and get him. And, you know, I, I, I just think that this is, this is great for them to go out there and, and, and really put them, their defense in a position to, to, you know, really flourish with him being in the middle of it. I want you to tell my listeners, um, because you had a few reservations about him. He was one of the names we talked about a few times going into the draft, and you had certain reservations about him that I thought were pretty interesting. Okay, which are? Um, you know, you're talking about a guy that he's virtually right now, as he sits right now, a two-down player, meaning he's on running downs, first and second down. Um, he doesn't have refined pass rushing moves, especially with the talent. And of course, you know, he was on the – they've brought in 
a champion into the locker room. They just won the college football national championship. So, you know, he's won before. But when you look at him, he was on a defense that he only played a little over 30% of the snaps. So that means he was out the game when they had passing downs. And we all know this is a passing league. So can he adjust and be able to pass rush these these offensive linemen that are in the NFL? Like this isn't playing against, you know, uh, Nebraska or Colorado, or he's playing against, you know, Alabama. He's playing against bonafide All-Americans because when you get to the NFL, everybody's an All-American. So will he be able to pass rush against these guys? He has everything that you want, size, speed, stamina, um, not stamina. I don't know about stamina that yet, but size, speed, explosiveness. Can he? Can that translate from the college level to the NFL level? I think he can, but it's going to take him a little work for it. He can't continue to stay at 340. He's got to get down a little bit. And he learned. Um, during the season this year, he played at 355, 360 pounds. Towards the end of the season, he knew he had to lose weight, become more competitive. So by the time they got to the playoffs and they were in the playoffs, he had lost a lot. He had got down to about 340, and he, he had his best – um, games at, at that weight. So he sees how productive he can be at that weight. It's just about him staying at that weight. And, you know, that's going to be something that the Eagles going to have to work on and monitor as they go forward. It's a lot different in college. In college, you know, if you went a little overweight, you know, they might make you run or something like that. In the NFL, they're going to take money from it. I think, you know, when I was in the league, it was $1,000 a pound. I think it's right around about two, two and a half, almost $3,000 a pound now if you're overweight. So they'll get it out of you eventually. If you're going to pay for it, or, you know, you just go, you know, you're going to stay down. So he'll get down. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what this kid can do in his defense. Wait a minute. You said back in the day when you were playing $1,000 a pound? Yes. Well, I'm sorry. $998 a pound. So apples, oranges, to me, that's all fruit, man. And you guys didn't make the kind of money they're making nowadays. No, no. So just put things in perspective. I was only fined one time for being overweight. I, um... Yeah. It was my second year in the league. We reported weight. We reported on Tuesday. No, we reported on Thursday. It was Thursday. We reported on Thursday. And Thursday, we always weighed in on Thursday. So I reported on Thursday. I was like five pounds under the weight I was supposed to be. You know, so I was good. All of a sudden on Saturday, she said, hey, guys, we got to weigh in again. I'm like, well, we got to weigh in for it. It's not a day to weigh in. Yeah, I know you guys kind of, you know, cheated the scale when you guys weighed in before. I was nine pounds over Woo! at that time. You know, I ate a big dinner that night, ate breakfast in the morning, went to the, uh, went to the, to the, um, to the locker room and, and, and they had the weights going. Like, well, what, what's this? So lo and behold, out of my check was, was, was 10 grand. Oh yeah, bro. So, you know, it, from that point on, you didn't have to worry about me being overweight again. Cause I mean, I tell you, I paid, I wrote a check for a little under 10 grand. And, you know, the missus was pissed off, too. You know, Miss Brooks don't play that. You know what I'm saying? She said, that's about three or four pocketbooks, man. What are you doing, you know? But <laughs> hey, you, you, you look at a kid like Jordan Davis, and, you know, you know we, we talk about all the needs that they needed, like another edge rusher, um, a linebacker, a, a corner. So they go with the D tackle, and they're obviously solidifying the interior trenches of their defense. I think the thing I like most about this move is the fact that, although he's a first-round pick, there's pressure already because he's a first-round pick, but because he has two proven players, two pro bowlers in front of him, it takes a little bit of that pressure off while he's able to learn from two of the better players in the game at that position. Well, you're absolutely right, man. When you 
it's not it's not a a a need to him for him to play right now. Now he can sit back and learn what it is to be a pro from a guy like Fletcher Cox. Um, he can sit back and and you know Hargraves can school him a little bit, you know. And you know, this kind of solidifies Gannon to what he wanted to do anyways with the defensive line. Now we all know Fletcher Cox is a one gap player, one mm-hmm. gap meaning he gets up the field, creates havoc that way. Well, in Gannon's defense, his defense, he wants guys to not necessarily two gap. But fill a hole, fill that gap where you're at, not necessarily mm-hmm. vacate it because you're actually making them, you know, giving the linebackers a chance to go out and make a play. They want you to eat up space. And so the linebackers go in and make a play uh, in the run game. They don't want you to go up there and get up the field, you know, because once you vacate that gap, it leaves a gashing hole between that gap and, and, and another guy's gap. So, um, they got the guy to do it now. Now he can play a one gap. I mean, he can play a two gap system now. He can line up right over the center. We call it the zero technique. He can mm-hmm. line up right over the center and virtually play both a gaps, man. And he's big enough that he would fill up that space to do it. You have to allocate blocking schemes to handle a guy like Davis. You know what I'm saying? Because he's big enough that you have to realize that he doesn't have to go anywhere unless he wants to go somewhere. So that's exactly what the doctor ordered for these linebackers. You know, now they can go make plays because they won't have guys coming up on them and hitting them without being blocked. So it kind of fits what Gannon wants to do. Well, that's my next question. Do you think Gannon will get the most out of him? Because obviously, when you bring in a player like a Davis, you know, he has to fit into your scheme, but you also have to adjust your scheme to, to play to his strengths? Well, he's he, – I think that he is the type that, you know, what exactly is the scheme going to be that he can't play? I think he can play any scheme he wants to play if he has the desire to be as good as he wants to be. You know, we're talking about a guy that's, you know, that's virtually a, a unicorn as far as size, strength, athletic ability, uh, ability to move. You know, he comes from a system that's kind of different than what Gannathan used, uh, John Gannathan, uh, Gannon uses. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 kind of um, move their defensive line. They, they you know, pinched them a certain way or, you know, the entire line went one way, you know, which kind of put, the you know, the defense in a better position because you know, it's hard yeah. to block guys that are moving. Well, this kid here will sit there and he can, you know, you don't have to allocate, you know, resources as far as, you know, linebackers and stuff like that to stop the run. You have to run. You know, they were trying to stop the run by run blitzing. He didn't, John McGannon mm-hmm. would do that. He'll just sit there and stop the run by himself right there. You're not running up the middle on this kid. So I, I think he will be able to run the system that Gannon wants to do and even run the system whoever wants, you know, whatever they want to run. He can get up the field and play one gap if he wants to because once this kid wants to go one way, I doubt if there's anybody that can stop him. At 340 pounds, yeah. if you want to go that way, you're not going to stop him from going that way. So I've seen guys like Casey Hampton. Casey Hampton was like 310, 320. And when he wanted to go some way, you couldn't stop him from going that way. So, yeah, I think this kid can play a system, any system you want to play, and be very good at it. You know, um, we we also talked about how the cornerback prospects were a little bit thin in this particular draft. And, of course, early in the draft, Derek Stingley uh, goes to Houston at number three. And then, of course, uh, Sauce Gardner goes the next pick at number four to the Jets. And then, of course, uh, after the Eagles selection process, uh, there were still two more corners that went off the board. Trent McDuffie uh, went to Kansas City, and uh, Kair Elam went to Buffalo. Were you surprised they didn't attack the cornerback uh, position a little bit more? Because that we knew they had weaknesses on defense, but the cornerback situation for them is a glaring weakness. Uh, I, I was. I was shocked. 
I, I thought they would be more aggressive because secondary, if you ask me if they're better now than they were, less, they're definitely worse now because they've lost their starting safety and they mm-hmm. lost their starting corner. Um, Nelson went off to, uh, to, you know, to Houston, got mm-hmm. a, you know, two year deal, $10 million. And we know Rodney, you know, McCray or Rodney uh, McLeod, McLeod. McLeod. He yeah. went to Indianapolis. Yeah. So they don't have two starters. I mean, Marcus Epps is going to be the starter of safety right now. And oh, you don't still say need, that. And you, <laughs> and you still need, and you still need another safety because a lot of the times these teams run, um, these teams run, you know, a couple of safeties. So uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I tend to think that, you know, this team. Is, is, is in a position where they have to go out and get some free agent guys unless they get somebody in the draft, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to fill these needs, you know, and if, if they do get these guys, we're talking about second rounders, can they come in and be starters and contribute right now? You know, we'll, we'll have to see that. And of course, with their second pick in their first round, which was the 18th overall pick, they take that and parlay a deal that shocks the world. They make a deal with the Tennessee Titans to get a young proven commodity in AJ Brown. I, I, were you like me? That one definitely caught me off guard. Oh no, question. I was on the. I was on the. Um, I was on air actually, with Ray and uh, Ray, Ray was Dinger. like Ray yeah. did. Ray Dinger was like, what? Yeah. Did he? Are you serious? I'm like, yeah, yeah. They they uh they traded for him, you know. So it, it shocked me, you know, because it's exactly what the doctor ordered to me. You want a veteran guy in there uh, to come in and show him how to play the position show these younger guys and it just happened that he has he's the same age as the guys he's gonna be showing but he has three years of experience um uh, you know in doing it so you know i i really think at this point um he can be he can go out there and play at, at a high level and 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 show these younger guys how to play they're going to be interested to try to figure out all right i want to have same success you have i want to be a, a, a thousand yard receiver also so yeah, I mean, I I think it's a, a great pick for him. Um, I think he has a lot to you know to do as far as proving himself and and, and rejuvenate his career. He didn't do as well last year. He didn't have a thousand yards last year, but the right. previous years he had a thousand yards. So you know, this might be the first time this Eagles organization in the history of this organization has a hundred reception receiver. You know, that's crazy. That, that's crazy. Never they never had a thousand. I mean, a, a hundred um, reception receiver throughout the entirety of this Eagles organization. They had a tight end do it, but never a receiver. When I look at an A.J. Brown, he has he's a combination of so many things. He's a big body. It's hard to bring him down like a D.K. Metcalf. You can send him over the middle. You can send him long, and he can run away from people as well. Um, so with that said, how much does that increase now, the pressure on Jalen Hurts? We have to take into consideration that Jalen has only been a starter in the National Football League for one year. But last year, they go out and get Devontae Smith. Um, Quez Watkins has potential that he hasn't really tapped into yet. And you bring a proven commodity in like an A.J. Brown. So how much does that increase the pressure now on um, Jalen Hurts? You got to, you know, put up or shut up, you know, I mean, they've, yeah. they've brought in the proper weapons that you, you know, that they feel as though you could work with, um, you know, that you're looking at what they had uh, before, you know, I didn't think they had enough horses in the race to run the race. Now they have some horses in the stable. You now have a, you now have a guy that can keep the chains moving. You know, he was one of those third down threats. You know, he took it upon himself. AJ Brown took it upon himself to be that third down wide receiver that could keep the chains moving. Well, now there's no excuse. Get the ball to him, and you can keep the chains moving. 
you have a deep threat. You know, now you have a guy that can go out there and run consistent routes and, 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 and get open in Smith. You know, they have everything that they need to have this offense take that next step in the passing game and open up their offense the way we need to do it. As a defensive coordinator now, you have to count mm-hmm. for all right, what, what Brown can do. You have to count for what Smith can do. You have to count for what Goddard can do. And that just opens up even the run game for this team, you know, what hurts in, in the running back. So, you know, this is this is exactly what the doctor orders for us, giving Jalen all the tools that he needs to go out there and make this work on the offensive side of the ball. It's up to Jalen Hurts right now to make this thing happen. How much more pressure does it put on Nick Sirianni to be even more successful in his offense now that he has another toy to play with? Well, you know, they're, they're allocating resources to him. You know, I mean, he wanted to go out there and get the receiver from Indianapolis, um, um, Pascal. He said he has that dog mentality. Well, hey, they granted your wish. They went out and got Pascal. Now they went out and got a proven number one receiver in A.J. Yeah. Brown. Now, you're supposed to be the, the wide receiver whisperer. You were a wide receiver coach, you know, when you first, you know, became a coach. So as you go forward, can you, as a, as a receiver, he played receiver also, can you get these guys playing at a higher level? Can you take with this young quarterback and, and, and mold him into what you want as an offensive guy? I, I can't wait to see what he does and what he, you know, dreams up as far as him being a play caller now. How what kind of grade would you give Howie Roseman after the first round for what he was able to do? I got to give him an A. I got to give him an A. Uh, is this team better overall? Even though it's still still draft, you still got a few more rounds to go. You think they're going to bring some free agent in, free agents in? But as we look at this team right now, is it a better team? I think that they are. I think they are a better team on the offensive side of the ball. Defense, I think they still suck. They need a lot more, even with them going out and getting. They out. suck. Yeah, even with them going out and getting Davis, you know, you still have a secondary that's patchwork together. And and you know, do I have some you know faith in Zach McPherson being a starter at the corner position? Not right now. The safety position, Harris is the only guy there. You need guys to cover. You need guys to play that you know that strong safety. They don't have it right now, so I have to say they've regressed on the defensive side of the ball. They got a little better because they have a pass rusher as a linebacker. They got a linebacker and they got a defensive lineman. They need to show me a, a little more because it wasn't good in the first place. Now it's gotten worse because they have not um, added enough to make them better. If there's one thing we know about the NFL draft overall as a whole is that we really don't know. Because we sit, we sit and speculate for weeks about what we think teams are going to do. And very little turns out to be the case. Um, what surprised you most about the first round? Um, first of all, you know, the, the quarterback was what at the, there wasn't a quarterback draft to what pick 20 or something around there. Uh, yeah. Until, uh, pick 20 Pittsburgh took Kenny Pickett. You know, and that's, that's, that's an anomaly. You know, usually they're, you know, draft the first, um, a defensive player being drafted first, number one overall, you know, that usually doesn't happen. It's usually an offensive player. Uh, the mere fact that, uh, you know, it wasn't a quarterback. And then Drake, you know, London being the first wide receiver pick. That was crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, and also, you know, Aiden, um, you know, the the defensive end from Michigan. Michigan. Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden yeah. Hutchinson being drafted number two instead of number one. He was a consistent yeah. number one. Thibodeau going number five. He was a consistent number one. You know, now these guys, you know, fell down a little bit, you know. And then what really was, you know, glaring is the mere fact that – um. 
at, at, at 14, Kyle Hamilton was supposed to be a top five pick. Didn't get picked till then. You know, there was so much up and down. And sometimes we as 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 media kind of evaluate differently than what these scouts evaluate. So some guys dropped, some guys went up. But at the end of the day, you know, I guess they fell where they were supposed to fall. Last question to you. What did you think about what the teams in the NFC East did? I mean, you look at uh, what the what the Giants did. They get Kenya Thibodeau. Uh, a defensive end with the first pick at number five, then at number seven to go offense and get an offensive tackle, Evan Neal out of Alabama, another Alabama SEC product. Uh, then you go down, Washington dropped down from 11 to 16. They take Jahan Dotson, a wide receiver, um, out of Penn State. And then you go further down the draft, and Dallas decides to take an offensive tackle, Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. Who do you think among those three teams had a, had, had a decent picks? I think the Giants kind of, you know, outdrafted everybody. You got to give them an A. You got to give um, the Eagles also get an A. But, you know, yeah. I think the Giants really maximized it. I, I sure do miss, you know, Gettleman and, 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 and you know. <laughs> In New York. Draft. Yeah, yeah I, miss, I miss Gettleman. You know, I, I really do. I miss their head coach. Uh, they're seeming to, they're moving things around. They're making some things happen. Uh, they didn't extend Jan- Daniel Jones. They didn't take his option up for his fifth year. So if they have some things going on and uh and with the Giants, you know, so as they go forward, I think they're only going to get better. All right, Barrett Brooks, I always love your uh, perspectives. And, of course, you and I yucking up all the time, not only about football, but a lot of different things. But I thank you. All right, that's going to wrap up this latest edition of Gun on the One, the podcast brought to you by Patterson Square Garden. From my man, my colleague, and more importantly, my friend, Barrett Brooks, I'm Derek Gunn. Hey, everybody out there, continue to stay blessed. But as I tell you each and every week, more importantly, be a blessing to each and every person you encounter. Until next time, I'm Derek Gunn. So long, everybody. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.